at some point I got to the point where I was down to my last 1500 bucks mm -hmm. uh, where you actually stepped in and said like well you know just come to the house and I was like I can't pay it and you were like <laughs> well just come and see whatever happens man you need a change of environment and which I did literally from that point in time everything just started going up it's kind of hit that turning point and now it's just skyrocketing there's been guys that bought the software and four days later they have more than uh, 60k uh, yearly deals done wow. using our software and this is so amazing to see that this is chris reynolds and welcome to the entrepreneur house podcast the entrepreneur house is a business accelerator for six and seven figure entrepreneurs creating events and retreats all over the world picture yourself spending four weeks with other high-level entrepreneurs in the northern mountains of Thailand, October 26th to November 24th, 2017. It will be full of masterminds, workshops, advisors, like-minded entrepreneurs, and of course, some fun adventure. Currently, we are offering a special early bird discount of $400 for only 10 people. Once they're filled, they're gone. Don't wait on this one, guys. If you're ready to take your business to the next level with other successful entrepreneurs, be sure to contact us ASAP at theentrepreneurhouse.com. And now, on to today's episode. Today, listeners, we are so incredibly happy to announce we are recording podcast 100 of our 100 podcasts with 100 entrepreneurs that have earned $100,000 and more in annual revenue. It has been quite the hustle, but totally worth it. We hope you guys are enjoying the content. For those of you that don't know, our previous 99 episodes have featured entrepreneurs with $100,000 and more in annual revenue. During this time, we have picked their brains and learned the science of what it takes to build six and seven figure businesses. Now, this is episode number 100, but we aren't finished. Starting next week, we will start to interview another 100 entrepreneurs, but specifically 100 entrepreneurs that have built seven-figure location-independent businesses. These are the people that have complete freedom, traveling where they want, when they want, and how they want. They all have at least $1 million in annual revenue in their business, and many of them have remote team members numbering in the single to the triple digits. It's going to be an exciting run of interviews. And if you want to build a seven-figure location independent business, you guys will have 100 people that have done it right here on our podcast. Now let's talk about our show today. Joining us is one of my best pals, super hacker, SaaS developer, sim unlocker, remote team developer, and super entrepreneur, Steven Vanderpelt. Steven built a Samsung sim unlocking service and grew it to the largest in the world. He has been an entrepreneur since he was 14 years old and is joining us on the show today to talk about a recent webinar launch that generated $190,000 in six days. We get the opportunity to pick his brain about how he and his partners put this together. We will also chat a little bit about the entrepreneur house as Stephen has attended more of our events than anyone else staying about five months in total with us and even serving as an advisor at the last event in Thailand. You guys, it's a fun episode packed with incredible content talking about this webinar launch. And without further ado, let's welcome Stephen Vanderpel to the show. Welcome Stephen to the podcast. How are you today? I am doing fine and thank you for having me, Chris. Thanks for coming on the show. This is actually our very last recording of the $100,000 Entrepreneurs 100 in 100 Days. And I invited one of my best pals, Stephen, to the show so we could chat back and forth about some of the ridiculousness that him and I have been up to in the past couple of years. And mm -hmm. also uh, his incredible story as being an entrepreneur. So how's it going, buddy? So, uh, so I'm first of all I'm so honored that I'm uh, I'm here invited for the 100th uh, episode. So, uh, but yeah, I'm doing amazing, man. Super busy these days, but uh, all around pretty great. And you're in the Netherlands right now, where you're originally from, but you just got done doing your your first live presentation, I guess you could call it. And in what city were you in Kiev? No, no, it was in Liverpool. Yeah, live first speaking engagement uh, on an uh, internet marketing event. Yeah. I was nervous as heck, <laughs> <laughs> but it actually went really well. And I asked some uh, other Dutch uh, friends of mine that were there as well for some feedback. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, Dutch people are pretty damn direct and honest. Mm -hmm. So that's why I asked them first. And they, they all said like, yeah, no, it, it looked like you'd done been doing this for a while. And uh, you didn't say the us, the ahs and the stuff like that. It, it looked good. Good. So I was super happy with that. How big was your audience? <laughs> all right, so it wasn't that big. Uh, <laughs> I think about forty people or something like that. That's all right. 
That's all right. Yeah, that's all right. But it's not a, like a full, full room or whatever. <laughs> oh, that's a big thing for you because that was a big fear. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's it's another fear I've been conquering the last, uh, I don't know, what is it, four or five months? Like uh, all the magic happens on the other side of fear, right? What did you guys talk about? Uh, this was a presentation about uh, hiring processes. So basically what I did, uh, we kind of sponsored the event uh, as job rec. Uh-huh. And uh, I just created a presentation where we, uh, where I basically explain all the steps we go through for the done-for-you services on, on JobRack. So I basically told them like, okay, so this is step one, step two, step three, all the seven steps we've been uh, creating over the last year or so for JobRack. And I, I, I explained them how to do it them, themselves if they wanted to. Or of course, at the end, I said, well, if you want us to do it, like our done-for-you service, here it is. Nice. That's good. And uh, for the listeners, Stephen is more or less kind of Got his hands in a couple different businesses, his original business, Fletcher Mobile, and then his business with his partner, Neil, who we also had on the show a while back, KV Social. And um, you want to tell us a little bit about KV Social and what JobRec is? Sure. So KV Social uh, is basically just an, uh, um, a product development company, and we do a lot of internet marketing as well. And JobRec is one of our main focus projects right now, which is a, um, a hiring platform for specifically for Eastern European uh, remote workers. So uh, what we do is we go out and find you the best possible uh, candidates uh, and then present them to you uh, and of course, at the end, the client can choose uh, whichever person they like. And I'd recommend it. I've done work with many Eastern European outsourcers, and they do an amazing job. But you, you guys also have a bunch of products within KV Social. Do you want to share kind of what else is within the whole KV bundle? Oh, it's it's quite big. We actually <laughs> we're trying to uh, narrow it down. It's like one of the things we've been working on the last I don't know six seven months or something like that. Like we are we've been doing way too many smaller projects, and now we're kind of trying to uh, narrow it down. So we've ha- had. Uh, products like Instastore, which is a store builder for affiliates for uh, Amazon and AliExpress. Uh, we've had we have Copy Funnels, uh, which is kind of a, a, a funnel builder, in, which includes the copywriting uh, based on templates mm-hmm. uh, and a bunch of questions uh, users can answer. Uh, we have a new product coming up, uh, TeamRack, which is uh, going to go hand-in-hand uh, hand with JobRack, which is going to be an internet solution. And our big uh, focus project, which are, is going to be our main focus for the next 10 years, is going to be adaptively. But we're just starting on building that right now, so there's not really anything uh, to see there yet. And you guys have helped like over 60,000 customers, right, through KV Social? Oh. Yes, over the years, definitely around uh, that amount. Uh, before I joined, Neil has been running the company for two, three years, I think, and I have joined KV Social around eight or nine months ago now. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it was already uh, quite a successful company at the moment I joined in. So Stephen and I met two years ago, and he came to the very first raw entrepreneur house in Barcelona where we 12 of us came together and lived for three months and had a really good time and from those three months formed the entrepreneur house to what it is today and Stephen and I had rooms right next to each other so we got to know each other pretty well working every day side by side going to have fun on the weekends hanging out at the beach and and we've become really really good friends since that point but he has a cool story and starting from how old were you when you started as an 14 14 yeah. yeah and then now you're in your early 30s and so you spent quite a few years working online so let's just let you roll with your story and you can share with the audience all about you all right so yeah um i started sim unlocking uh when i was around 14 years old and i figured pretty quickly like hey people ask uh, money for this and, and it was really easy to do back then and uh, you know doing your your uh, newspaper rounds and stuff was waking up very early which i hate with a passion <laughs> uh, so i figured uh, like whoa this is way better i can just unlock a few phones a week and i actually earn more than i would do with my newspaper rounds so i started doing that um 
kind of fast forwarding uh, to this period, uh, I, we created a Samsung SIM unlock server, which turned out to be the biggest uh, one in the world um, at certain points of, of our uh, of our company. I did it together with another Dutch guy who uh, did all the research and uh, the programming of for SIM unlocking mobile phones. And that grew quite nicely. And this was my first endeavor. And it just went away just instantly. Like, I, I didn't have any failures there or whatever. It just uh, worked. And I started traveling and I started meeting people and all that kind of stuff. It was really great. So at some point, I kind of decided that I wanted to go uh, beyond the sim unlocking things because I, I didn't feel like sim unlocking had a real like uh, long-term future as in like 10, 20, 30 years mm -hmm. because at some point I was just figured like, oh yeah, brands are just going to either find a way that sim unlocking is going to be impossible for third parties or some other solution or maybe even just stop locking phones at all, which in, in some countries is actually already the case as well. So I, I started out um, doing something different, and uh, I chose that to be SaaS, a software as a service. And I figured, you know, like I've got a, a, a solid 10 years of experience, so I can do this thing. I, I can make this work. Mm -hmm. So that turned out to be a little bit different. <laughs> um, so uh, like my move towards SaaS wasn't as smooth as I anticipated it to be. And um, it just I had a lot uh, of yeah bad things happen. Uh, I got screwed by uh, the first partner. Like I mean, we're seriously screwed. So that took six months of my time, and I don't know four or five thousand dollars. So that wasn't really that bad money-wise, but time-wise, it was kind of a, a bum. Mm -hmm. And then um, I still tried to make the software. Uh, it did a little bit of sales, and I think a few thousand dollars as well, with new, with help of of Neil Napier. Uh, otherwise, I wouldn't have been doing anything. But uh, just the marketing angles were all wrong, and I didn't really realize the whole uh, affiliate part of the business, which is human connection. Uh, and I kind of underestimated that. Like I didn't really go out and uh, try to uh, recruit affiliates. Uh, so that was a, a huge mistake I made back then. After that project, I went uh, on to an, a new software project, which is kind of based on the same technology uh, with a huge guy in the market. I was so proud. I was honored. Like I, I had the opportunity to work with this guy. Uh, however, what happened is uh, he was just being so successful in his business that this software project we were doing together was just not very high on his priority list. Mm -hmm. And because of that, it got delay on delay on delay and that just costed me a ton a ton of money like literally a ton of money and my reserves that i had built up were just drying out really fast because of those delays like i was still developing it i was still um, spending money obviously on uh, on my staff as well so that that, be that became kind of a problem uh, until at some point uh, i literally had just uh, $1500 to my name and i was back in the netherlands like living at my parents house for way too long like I was <laughs> dirty. this is not going very well and at some point i think dcbkk was coming up again and uh, the chiang mai house was coming up again and i was like next month i'm not going to be able to pay my program and what i'm going to do and then i was talking with you actually and you were like oh man you should come to the house again it's going to be fun and i was like dude man i'm not sure if i'm going to be able to pay this anymore this is like <laughs> my finances really freaking suck right now and you you just told me like dude you know you need a change of pace and change of environment let's just just come over here so that's kind of what i did and i just kind of took a leap there and i flew to bangkok and then to chiang mai house and uh, i did kind of plan an internal launch of the new software without this uh, uh, big shooter i was working with before because at that point uh, that whole relationship already broke off basically and i just did an internal launch of the software uh, the first month we i was at the chiang mai house and it just went really, really well, and I earned about sixteen or fifteen thousand dollars that that month. So that gave me some breathing room to keep going. And in the next, uh, in that same month, I was already talking with a few new partners, Todd and Herc. And I think during that month or just after that month, we came to an agreement uh, that they were actually not going to launch the software uh, with me. But we actually came to an agreement that they were going to buy the software of me. So uh, 
basically during that time in Chiang Mai, I uh, arranged my first exit deal for a software that I created under the Fletcher Mobile brand. We started launching it about three weeks, uh, private launches, private webinar launches, and it's been killing it ever since. Well, I'm glad everything turned around for you. So I, I want to talk more about the launch that you guys did. And I'd like to, especially for the listeners, kind of get into the specifics of the launch as much as you can. So maybe they can take some tidbits home and use towards their future launches or business. So do you mind describing kind of in detail how your guys' launch went and then the results of it? I think, first of all, it's important to know this is a hot, well, not a super high ticket. This is, a, I would say, a mid-ticket launch, which means we're selling the software uh, for a 997 initiation fee. And then the buyers, they are obligated to also choose a package of either $47 a month or $97 a month. Okay. So. Obviously, it's it's not an easy sell because uh, there's a high initiation fee and there is an obligatory monthly uh, fee as well. Uh, first, when uh, Todd and her kind of came with uh, came to me with uh, this uh, suggestion, I was like, "Ooh, that's going to be very difficult, especially in our market. Recurring is is not the most popular way to go. Uh, people are okay buying uh, products for a one-time higher fee, but like this combination is quite hard." So because of this, uh, we chose for a non-public launch of the software and do it uh, by webinars only. So um, this is mostly Herc's doing because uh, he's a very smart uh, sales guy. Uh, He came up with a a webinar, a two-webinar series for each promotion. So mm-hmm. first, we did it on the internal launch of Todd and Herc uh, on their list. And then uh, after that, we started bringing it out to uh, selected uh, affiliate partners. So the the first webinar is just basically kind of the boring webinar where we show off the first software because the, the package is actually two softwares. And that software uh, is used to rank websites really, really fast in the local niche. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we, we build a website, like a, a brand new website. We uh, 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 register a, a .pro domain, which is 88 cents to uh, register the domain, which is obviously really cheap. It's mm-hmm. just a nice uh, entry angle uh, for the whole marketing story. And then we build out the website. And we show them everything. It takes about 40 to 50 minutes to talk and show. Normally, if you would build uh, without talking, it would take like 20, 25 minutes max. And uh, after that webinar, we, like we say, oh, there's nothing for sale today. And there's like a lot of people on the webinar like, oh, I love this so much. Where can I buy? Where's the buy link? Like, sorry, there's nothing for sale at all. Um, like in the next webinar, you should come back. We're going to show you the real results. And then we're going to show you some other software that is just going to blow your mind. And that kind of creates an open loop uh, for them to uh, to come back to the second webinar. So the second webinar, uh, we've generally done uh, 24 hours in between or sometimes even 48 hours in between. Mm-hmm. But with the la- latest updates we had from the first software, we can even do it like the next day instantly, like at, after 12 hours or something like that. And then first, the second webinar starts out with just showing them the results uh, that we're literally sometimes dominating page one, uh, which means that we have like uh, more than five of the page one results for specific keywords uh, just listed on page one, which is quite amazing for any any SEO software. And then we kind of show them the websites and they're, they're pretty ugly websites. And then like obviously the question on every, everybody's mind is like, what do we do with this? Like, they look terrible. Like, you cannot show a website like this to a client. And then we uh, then we introduce Local Supremacy, which is a software I created uh, that kind of uh, provides the overlay technology, skinning technology, uh, and the whole monetization uh, part of the business model. And then they're just completely mind-blown. And they're like... A lot of people, like, uh, the the way how we do the pitch is like, all right, so who's ready to buy? Like, mm-hmm. without saying any price and, like, a shit ton of people are like, yeah, yeah, I don't care what it costs. Here, like, just take my money already. And then we sh- will show them the price and, and then we'll talk a little bit about social proof and stuff like that. And, and it works really well. Um, 
on the first live webinar on the internal launch, so Todd and Herc's list, uh, we did $85,000 on the live webinar. And nice. the whole promotion, which is uh, was six or seven days, uh, was $190,000 in revenue. Nice, man. Congratulations. So yeah, thanks, man. That was really mind blowing, man. When that happened, like especially the 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 second webinar, one of them, when we did eighty five thousand live webinar, all of us were like floored, to, like, <laughs> wow, <laughs> this is amazing. And then our first uh, affiliate webinar was a small one. Uh-huh. Uh, we only that that affiliate only uh, managed to get like twenty five people on the call, so we were all a bit like, God damn it, you know, <laughs> like are we wasting our time for this? Yeah, uh, but. Uh, we managed to convert 50% on that those on that webinar series yeah. so that's still like uh 12 or 13,000 dollars revenue there are you enjoying today's episode i hope so we're working hard to pick the minds of higher level entrepreneurs to bring you some applicable tactics for your business october 26th through november 24th we will have our most impactful event ever four weeks in the northern mountains of thailand with other successful entrepreneurs that have six and seven figures in annual revenue in their businesses the experience includes private accommodations workshops masterminds advisors high-speed wi-fi at a beautiful resort complex and for our listeners we have a special 400 early bird discount for only 10 people once they're filled they're gone so if you're ready to seriously take your business to the next level contact us at theentrepreneurhouse.com and now back to the show how much time would you say that you put into, and I know that's kind of hard for you to calculate exactly because you built a lot of the software, but from the point you got the, the time you got the idea to start doing a webinar and teaming up with the guys to when you actually did it, like how many hours do you think you put in? So you mean just the marketing side or just the whole building the whole thing as well? Well, tell us both. Okay. So building uh, this, the whole software that has been over one and a half year uh, with at least two people full time, and there were periods with uh, multiple people, other freelancers as well. Yeah. So yeah, you just do the math. That's that's full time development. So that was a very long, long time for sure. And the marketing part, um, like obviously mo- a lot of the marketing uh, part, like the, the the sales webinars, preparation stuff like that. Uh, that's mostly on Todd and Herc, so mm-hmm. I haven't spent that much time on that. I just uh, I'm there for all the webinars, obviously, and a lot of the support and stuff like that. But that takes me, say, ten to fifteen hours a week or something right now. Do you know how many people they had on their list to promote the webinar? Um, no, I don't know the the size of their list, but we we did manage to get around four hundred uh, people live on the call, which is. Uh, there's not a lot of people who can manage that, so no, that's, that's a really huge good. that's a huge number. Yeah, like on KV Social, when we do webinars and we really push it for for new signups for like a big webinar or something for a product launch, if we get to a hundred people live, I think. Well, actually, I think our record uh, that was not too long. It was actually a few months ago. We got like 140, 150 people live, but that that's like a lot of effort, and we really pushing it to get as many people online in that case. So you had 400 people. Was that the first webinar or the second webinar? or Both of them, actually. Yeah, both of okay. them, we got those numbers, yeah. So you had just as many on the second webinar than you did as the first one? Actually, a little bit more. Wow. Because that, that, I think that's just kind of a psychology thing because uh, like the people create the buzz, of course. They have a bunch of Facebook groups uh, from their previous products, Todd and Herc. And uh, like the first webinar is like, oh, yeah, a lot of people are interested and they get on. And then in the, in the, in the time between, uh, most of the people just got on again because they were so excited to see the results and uh, local supremacy software. Mm-hmm. But they'll also be posting about it and telling friends about it and saying like oh yeah what we just saw on this first webinar was like mind-blowing and it's going to be even cooler next one so you should definitely come and check it out and you know more people are interested in the results like honestly i would be like that if i would be invited for like a webinar series like that and i would know okay so the second webinar is where they show all the results i would probably skip the first one and just directly go to the second one as well who did most of the work creating the webinar herc did Definitely, yeah. Is he pretty experienced? Yeah, yeah. He used to be. uh, I think he even did door-to-door sales, but he's like he's a sales guy for sure. Okay, cool. Are you guys going to do any more? Yeah, yeah. We're 
continuously doing them uh, probably for the next few months or so. Just uh, we've, uh, I think our our calendar, my calendar. <laughs> I used to be pretty empty, empty always. Like I, I never was a, a guy like that. Also, always did a lot of planning in this calendar, but now it's just it's filled up. <laughs> <laughs> How do you like it? Do you like being that busy? Uh, it's okay, actually. I I don't mind. Like it's uh, it gives me a lot of clarity and uh, like even for calls like like this call or just uh, other calls for like interviews or whatever. My planning needs to be a lot more tired than it used to be. <laughs> it's all right when you're producing, you know, results, tangible results. But I think like it can get really draining and difficult when you're putting in hundreds of hours of work and you're not seeing any any profit from it. And that's when sometimes you're like, crap, I'm like, what am I doing us? All for yeah, that's kind of how I felt for one and a half year long <laughs> on this project. I was so done with it, man. Like that's also one one of the main reasons why when they offered me to sell a, to buy me out of this whole software, I was like, heck yes, please buy it. I'm so done with this. But right now, like I I don't think it was a bad decision at all. So let me put that first. But right now, like seeing all. Well, the money flow in, obviously, but also even more so the results that people are having already. Like there's been guys that bought the software and four days later, they have more than uh, 60K uh, yearly deals done wow. using our software. And this is so amazing to see that. Another guy uh, quite recently, he just uh, he closed three deals of more than $1,200 a month. Nice. Using our software within uh, within I don't know two weeks time that he bought it or something like that, it, and those results coming in, this is really that that really lifts my spirit. It's really cool to see that. Would this deal even have got done if you didn't come to BKK and the Entrepreneur House? Yeah, no, I wasn't really dependent on that. I okay. think so. Um, I I I I found Todd just on a, on a Skype group. Yeah. And he added me, and he, he later told me like uh, that he added me because he saw some comments that I made, and he said, and just he thought like, oh, that's a smart guy, I need to connect with him. And I like of, when I broke off the deal with the previous uh, guy, uh, I knew already that Todd and Herc were doing uh, business in a very similar uh, space. So uh, I, when that happened, I just reached out to them like, hey guys, uh, so you know this guy, uh, I don't want to mention his name, but uh, you know him, uh, we worked together, didn't work out, uh, but it's super relevant to what you're doing as well. Like, have a look at it, and what do you guys think? And they just kind of instantly fell in love with the, with the software there. And then from there, we kind of started talking. And I think, you no, know, during the house in Chiang Mai, uh, I was negotiating with them quite a lot about what we were going to do. Like, first of all, the, the idea was still, like, uh, just launching it together. Mm -hmm. And then at some point, they kind of probed me, like, very smart, like, so, you know, like just uh, just to keep all options open, uh, we're just curious, you know, like, would you be open, you know, if we just buy the software from you as well? <laughs> so that's kind of how I brought it, right? So I was like, yeah, sure, I wouldn't mind that at all. I'm not like really attached to the brand or, or the <laughs> software at all. There's a few caveats though, like um, like this is stuff we obviously put in the contract. Like I need to be able to keep using the same technology because the technology used in that particular software I'm using for other softwares as well, actually, and even in KV Social. And it's uh, the core of it is actually going to be a very big, important part of adaptively later on as well. So, but that was no problem for them. So I was like, yeah, okay, nope, uh, let's do it then. <laughs> When you're done with basically the software's all sold out, what do you, and I know you're working with KV Social, but do you have any other future plans to build anything else? For Fletcher Mobile, I'm working on uh, something called Fletcher Money. It's just something, uh, it's not a big project, but um, it's just a kind of a scratch in my own itch. Uh, I've always had just one PayPal account and uh, I've been running multiple well, not businesses, but big projects, like separate projects a lot. And it was, it was really freaking hard for me to find out which projects were doing well and which projects weren't. Like just to get the finances done because it's all on the same PayPal account. And uh, I didn't really find uh, any th any solu proper solution for that. So I decided to make it myself. So that's something we're going to launch, uh, I don't know, maybe in the next two, three months or something like that. And then obviously with KV Social, where most of my time is going right now, we have uh, a lot of projects like uh, we mentioned in the beginning of, the, uh, of, the, of our call and lots of uh, things going on and uh, even bigger things uh, on, the, on the horizon. 
Now, for the listeners, Stephen just spent two months uh, snowboarding in the Alps. It wasn't really, your, you planned on doing it before the launch happened, but it was kind of a nice reward for you in a way, right? That you, yeah. You got to be snowboarding in the Alps while this launch happened and and then you guys had this incredible success and i i found this have you found this to be true like sometimes when you just take off work and not worry about stuff then the results start piling in you know yeah it's true yeah yeah and like when you worry too much about something when you're stressed too much about something it doesn't really work out a lot of the time i don't know maybe it's just more murphy's law or something <laughs> it yeah. just piles up on each other and and when you just take a little bit of more of a of a breeding room or whatever, uh, things just turn out yeah. Uh, well. Yeah. Yeah. Like like last year we were at Carnival in Rio de Janeiro, and uh, I work with a rodeo entertainer back in the U.S. I don't think I've ever talked about it on a podcast actually, but anyway, we were pushing some of his videos to try to get people to like him on social media. I took I don't know five or six days off for Carnival, and this video went viral and and people were like messaging me saying they saw it on reddit and it was just a a video of him he has this teeter-totter that he does at his rodeos and it goes up and down i think i showed it to you yeah yeah i've seen it i've seen it yeah and it goes like there's two people on the teeter-totter and a bull runs at one of the one of the people and the teeter-totter goes up and then the bull goes under and then you know, the bull goes at the other person teeter-totter goes up anyway like it, that video had been online before and it got some good success but what i did and this would be a good hack for some of you guys but what i did is i took that video and all i did and i think he got like three hundred thousand views so i took that video that got three hundred thousand views and i zoomed into it and i just added some music and I think maybe some like, I don't know, some, some effects to it and uh, then put it back online. And like in six days, it got something ridiculous, like I don't know, it was close to a million views. And, yeah, I um, think I've seen, seen it number. It was really cool, actually. But I was in Rio de Janeiro enjoying Carnival and I wasn't working at all. And I just see all these stats come up on my phone and I'm like, wow, maybe I should take off more often because it seems like big things happen when you're not working. <laughs> yeah so the lesson of the day guys yeah. take time off take time. things will go all right then <laughs> go snowboarding in the alps you'll earn two hundred thousand dollars on webinars or go to rio de janeiro just go have fun and enjoy the time exactly that's how you do business yeah. <laughs> steven buddy what else should we talk about i don't know fire some uh you used to do that right like the the, the fire questions around or something yeah, like that i haven't done that in a while do we have any good stories to share from well, Stephen and I have kind of lived together or lived in an entrepreneur house for, I think you've been in five month, five or six months total. I'm the stalker. <laughs> the fanboy, the groupie. Exactly. No, we met in, so in Barcelona, we met online first, but then in Barcelona. Yeah, we had some good times in Barcelona. Like, So our very first entrepreneur house, we had, we had basically nine people staying in two different apartments, one above the other, right in the heart of Barcelona. But then we had a few others, I think three or four others came and they got, um, they had their own apartments. And we would throw these nice dinners and we'd invite a bunch of people over and we'd had a welcome party and a closing party. And we'd go hang out on the beach on Saturdays and play volleyball and together as well yeah that was yeah. really great actually like you really we really got like an insight in each other's business and i think that was really like just completely um mind altering actually like that changed a lot for me as well like this kind of uh, that 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 feeling like oh connection with other like uh, location entrepreneurs location independent entrepreneurs mm-hmm. uh, i think that's really good and we made like amazing friends i'm actually going to see a few uh, of the original house in south america in a few weeks as well who, who are you seeing uh, nathan is around there yeah uh, i think uh, paul uh, he's not from the original house but paul is, is, is around there as well i think yeah and i'm not sure about pete i think pete might uh, I, I think i might just miss him though it was a good time man that was a it, it was an amazing was a, time yeah magical. for sure for sure for sure and then we do some downhill mountain biking in chiang mai which thanks to steven we got to do again this year which is intense i think people come from all over the world to downhill mountain bike in northern thailand right they shoot yeah for sure man it was like uh, yeah one of the best things i've done in chiang mai for sure and like yeah. uh, whenever whenever i'm gonna go back there i'm definitely gonna do that again that's uh, that's on the list uh, of must do's in chiang mai yeah you should come this fall 
Come back. Maybe. Come back. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> I'll see what I my my plan was kind of like to just do DCBKK, go to the islands because you know how much time have we spent in Thailand by now? Four, five, six months, something yeah. like that in total. Yeah. Have you seen the islands yet? No. <laughs> Me neither. That's ridiculous, dude. <laughs> it's just completely and utterly ridiculous. That's the best part of uh, of Thailand, I think. Is they're so beautiful. Of all the photos of all the people we know that have been there, like so that's. We, we just have to go there. <laughs> yeah, I was talking. Actually, I did a show with, do you know Amar Goose? Nope. Anyway, he was living in Ko, one of those islands, Ko Phong Wi or Ko Phong Flu or Ko Poo Poo <laughs> or something. <laughs> and it, and he, was, he, he did the show from there, and he was telling me about it, and it sounded like just perfect. So I was thinking about seeing if we could manage to get to an island this year. I was thinking about doing some webinars for the entrepreneur house to sell the the Chiang Mai experience. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, a good friend of mine, and uh, hopefully maybe a future podcast, uh, Wilco uh, the Cry. Oh yeah. Uh, he's a Dollar Touch uh, location independent entrepreneur, and he is currently absolutely killing it with uh, auto webinars. So basically, what he does is just uh, do Facebook ads, send them to. Uh, the sign-up page for the webinar, uh, an auto-webinar actually that he pre-recorded and uh, like he just uh, provides a lot of value first and then uh, does his pitch and that's how he does a lot of money. I'm not going to reveal his numbers because that's obviously not mine to reveal, but he does very well on that. Uh, there's two versions so like uh, there's timed ones uh, so that they run like maybe once or twice a week Mm -hmm. and there's just in time webinars so just in time webinars are where uh, when the visitor uh, from your ad goes on the registration page for the webinar and it says something like oh you are just in time and just 15 minutes or 10 minutes or whatever you want uh, we are starting a new series of a webinar so hop on and uh, grab a coffee, uh, whatever, you know, something like that. And then the webinar is just, obviously it's not live, but it lo- kind of looks like it's live. Mm-hmm. And then just uh, the people watch the webinar and, you know, they buy or they don't buy or whatever. And at least they're on your list uh, when they subscribe, obviously. He's, he knows a lot about how to structure webinars. Uh, yeah. Like, obviously, you kind of make a statement at the beginning, you create an open loop, and then you start giving a whole bunch of value, and then you close the loop uh, just after you drop uh, your pitch, uh, basically your, your your buy now kind of link or mm-hmm. whatever call to action you want them to do. Uh, and then um, you do like a question and answers and the end. We had this dude come to one of our masterminds at the, as a second or third entrepreneur house in Barcelona. And he was from Russia. I don't know if I told you about him. He was from Russia. His name was Andreas or something like that. And he shows up. He's this big guy. Like he messaged me. He's like, Chris, hey, I'm coming to Barcelona. I heard about your masterminds. Want to join? And I was like, yeah, yeah, sure. Stop by. So he shows up. He's this big, big Russian dude, like um, (laughs) huge. Uh, And he shows up with this skinny little model, gorgeous wife or girlfriend. I don't know what it was. And we started talking to him and I invited uh, one of our mutual friends, Ella over to the mastermind too, but she couldn't make it. And so then, you know, he was talking about this and that. And I was like, Oh, he does, does pretty good for himself. So what he does is, is TV shows in Russia. And then he gets people from the TV shows to sign up for their webinar and they do a webinar online and they give free giveaways. So like the 1,000 person that sends a certain type of message during the webinar gets a free iPad. And then they sign them up and they have a whole system of different seminars that they sign them up. But they were doing like $250,000 a month um, oh, from, nice. from their webinars that they were doing. And anyway, so he left and he left Barcelona. So then I, I told Ella, who's also from Russia, I told her about this guy because I was kind of curious, you know, I was like, it kind of sounds like he's big in Russia. And I told her about, you know, his name and her jaw dropped. And she goes, you mean Andreas? so and so and I forgot his last name and I was like yeah and she goes that's like the Tony Robbins of Russia 
And I was like, really? <laughs> she goes, he was in your apartment. I was like, yeah, he came to our mastermind. She's like, shut up. And, I, <laughs> and he seemed like a nice guy or whatever. And But he had flown back to Russia by that time. She's like, I can't believe I, miss, I missed him. And oh, I, wow. That's and cool. Yeah. Like, if he ever comes back in town, you have to tell me. It's like, okay. But his, you know, he has a partner. It's funny. Like if you could picture late night American television of people selling seminars on there of how to get rich, that's kind of what he's doing in in Russia. But his partner is like the short guy with the big belly that wears the suit with the dollar signs on it and has a little bow tie. It's like, yeah, you can. And it's all in Russian. You know, I hopped on one Mm -hmm. of his webinars once and I couldn't understand anything, but it's like, yeah, you make so and so money and just do this and this and this. And they have this cool upsell process and system. Yeah. Webinars is really powerful, man. This is definitely Definitely uh, an avenue you should uh, you should look into. Actually, it's funny that you mentioned like the Tony Robinson of uh, of Russia because at the event where I spoke uh, just last weekend in Liverpool, I actually met the Tony Robinson of Germany. Really? Uh, What's his yeah, name? Yeah, as well. Um, oh, I forgot his name. Armin something. Mitler mm-hmm. or something like that. And. Um, yeah, like he he was telling us like how many people he could get live on a, on a webinar. Oh yeah, easy like eight hundred thousand people. I was like, what? Eight hundred thousand? No, eight hundred uh, thousand. Two hundred thousand. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Not eight hundred. I don't think there's any technology that would actually allow you that to do something like that. Right. But like he and they were doing this weekly. I'm like, holy crap! Like, and just knowing a little bit of the conversion rates uh, people generally get on 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 webinars. Uh, they must rake in a ton of money, man. Wow. All in German? Yeah, yeah. It's all yeah. in German. Yeah. It's amazing how much that people that focus on those, the German market, the French market, the Austrian market or whatever, uh, and they do the same things that people do in the States, and then they just really get a lot of success from that and then expand to different markets afterwards. Yeah, it, it does always kind of... Uh, uh, blow my mind like even like uh, a mutual friend of ours cindy franken like she, yeah. she does it in the dutch market and when she was telling some numbers i was like is that even possible in the dutch market mm-hmm. <laughs> like i completely didn't believe that but yeah she's doing it and she's super successful there and stan too like stan lelou uh he yeah, was yeah. in the house and he French was mark. the biggest male dating website in france and, you know, he's just a young guy. I think he's 23, 24 or so. You know, if he tried to do that in the U.S. market or anywhere else, or the global market, it wouldn't work. But because it was in France and it was new, he just did really well. Yeah, exactly. Well, buddy, should we sign off? I think it's time to sign off, yes. Okay. <laughs> it's almost an hour. <laughs> yeah, it is. It has been. All right. Okay, well, anything else? Any final fair words that you want to leave the listeners with, Stephen? Get into webinars. <laughs> <laughs> Get into webinars now. And now. Come, and it, come it, to, it works. And come really to the works. Entrepreneur House. Yeah, and just once I want to re- reiterate, like the magic uh, happens on the other side of fear. Like in the last few, uh, oh, this is actually kind of a nice thing to tell as well. Uh, when I was in Indonesia, so you know this, I hate driving scooters. When I was like 16 or 15 years old, uh, I crashed a few scooters. And at <laughs> some point, I kind of just decided for myself, all right, so uh, motorized two wheels, not for me, just not my thing. My talents probably lie somewhere else. And obviously, when I was in uh, Chiang Mai, uh, a lot of people ride, tried scooters there, but I was like, nah, it's not my thing. I don't want to kill myself. I'll just take the Song Taos, which is like the, the taxis over there. And I got, I got by just okay. But then I moved to uh, Indonesia, and there's no taxis there. Well, barely any taxis anyway. And you just have to drive a scooter. Otherwise, you won't get anywhere, and you won't get to see anything you want to see when you're uh, in, uh, in Bali, Indonesia. So I got some encouragement from uh, some other mutual friends and uh, I did uh, got on a scooter and I learned how to drive one and it was like it was seriously I had to push myself a lot but after just a few days I got more comfortable and I even started liking it. And then the same thing happened again just uh, not too long ago when I was in Switzerland. I was in the fun park doing uh, the kickers, the, the, the jumps. And my normal comfort level uh, is about two, three meters uh, jumps. And uh, I got it in my head that I wanted to do the big one, which is like five and a half flat. So that means about six meters or seven meters of jumping. 
and it just it took me a lot of effort man i was pushing it i was riding the kicker and then the last moment i chickened out i did that like i don't know five six seven times and at the end i was like last freaking day i was in in switzerland and i was like i have to do this i ha- i'm gonna hate myself if i don't <laughs> do this so what i did i asked my friend angie uh just go stand there with a the camera that kind of forces you to do it even more you know and i did it i managed to do it i landed it and I was like, I was, I was, my legs were like literally shaking after from the adrenaline, but I, I did really do it, and I was really proud of that. And then, like, just last weekend, uh, you know how I am. I'm a tech guy. I'm a more of a background guy. Uh, but Neil kind of forced me into this situation where I did, I had to like do this uh, talking engagement uh, fr- in front of a bunch of people live, and I was again, I was pretty damn nervous, and there was some other shit going on with payment providers for our promotion uh, promotion as well that didn't really help my uh, state of mind, so to say. But you know, uh, when I, when I was there, I just had to do it, and I did it, and it went pretty well. I got great feedback, so another. Uh, fear slashed and driven to the past basically so you know it's uh, go where you're not comfortable uh, that's it's a very a very good advice I think that's a great ending Stephen if the listeners want to reach out to you where's the best place they can do that at or learn more about what you've got going on I think it's best if they go and check out kvsocial.com or my other uh, companies fletchamobile.com fletchas f-l-e-c-h-a and uh, you can just hit me up for your contact or uh, there's links there to all my social profiles as well. Uh, so uh, I'm pretty responsive on social. So if anybody wants to reach out or any questions, uh, just reach out and uh, I'm, I'll be happy to answer anything. Right on. Buddy, thanks so much for coming on the show and sharing all of your infinite wisdom about <laughs> life and all of our stories and i love the heck out of you and just thanks for joining me on episode number 100 so good to be done with this and (laughs) i'm glad it was you that we got to finish off with so thank you thank you buddy like uh, you've always been an amazing friend to me so uh, hopefully i'll see you soon again and uh, best of luck with uh, the next hundred. <laughs> <laughs> all right. And listeners, we're going to sign off there. Thank you all so much. Now stay tuned because we're going to do another 100 episodes, not in 100 days, but we're going to do another 100 episodes of seven figure earners and higher. Everybody that will be on the show has made at least a million dollars in their business. So stay tuned. That's going to be exciting as we bring you more episodes in the near future. We're going to wrap up there. Thank you, Stephen, once again. Thank you, listeners, once again. And we'll see you all on the next episode. Goodbye, everybody. Bye-bye. The Entrepreneur House is a business accelerator for six- and seven-figure entrepreneurs. Imagine spending an extended period of time with other successful entrepreneurs working together and growing your business. Day-to-day, you interact with other driven and smart business people. Spending an extended period of time around them alters your business and your mentality around business. Goals are set. Business grows. New partnerships develop. Greater profit margins are achieved. The productivity skyrockets for attendees. And you get to have an incredible adventure while doing it. This year, our main event will be held in Chiang Mai, Thailand. It is four weeks from October 26th to November 24th and held for six and seven figure entrepreneurs only. It will be full of workshops, masterminds, advisors, co-working, and fun weekend social events. Be sure to check out the details at theentrepreneurhouse.com as soon as possible. This event will fill up fast. For those of you that are interested and have some questions, be sure to contact us through theentrepreneurhouse.com forward slash contact. We will respond as soon as possible. For now, saludos from somewhere in the world. Nice. Uh, Vegas will yeah, be sure. fun for you guys. Yeah, I think so. It's kind. I think it's gonna be a bit, a bit extravagant, 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 extravagant. Yeah. Extravagant. Yeah. <laughs> I thought you said extra virgin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, where are you staying? Do you know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, damn, it was it called again? Uh, don't remember what it was called. It's on the strip anyway. It's like in the middle of the strip. Oh yeah. You've, you've, one of the you've been before, right? 
No, no, I've never been, man. It's oh. first time. Wow. Oh man, you're gonna have a blast. Yeah, I am. I I hate gambling, so I don't know. I'll, I'm sure. Planet Hollywood. Planet Hollywood. Yeah, that's cool. No, you can gamble there for. They have penny slots. It's just one cent, and you get free drinks. And so, like, when we would go, we would just, like, hit the penny slots or the nickel slots, which is five cents. And um, we would just start drink pre-drinking. You know, we'd get some mixed drinks or some beers or whatever and spend, like, a dollar at the slots and uh, get free drinks. And then we'd go out after that. Okay, cool. That's a good tip. <laughs> yeah. Anytime you're gambling, it, it you have free drinks. So you can just kind of, even if you go to the blackjack table, you know, and just do you know 20 bucks on the table and play low beds like one dollar bits um you know you can get free drinks and have a good time and chat some people okay. up so i would i would seriously not even know how blackjack works though <laughs> okay well you could figure out a slot mu- machine i'm that game. much of a, a gambling virgin <laughs> you, you could figure out a slot machine couldn't you it's just I, like I, a, it's like a soda machine uh, I think I would, yeah. I'll, at some point, I'll figure it out. Probably just put the money in and pull the and push the button. That's all. <laughs> oh, I I kind of get like a pull uh, one of those uh, things down uh, handles. Yeah, you can do that too. Yeah, they still have the old handles there, but you don't have to use them anymore because they're all uh, digital and you can push. They have buttons to push too. So, okay. <laughs> yeah, whatever tickles your fancy. And yeah, then, I like things so. why uh are you going to visit your friends in lima or, or yeah why? yeah definitely yeah my uh, ex is gonna be there actually as well ah okay rekindle the old flame <laughs> i don't know <laughs> just for a few weeks uh, she's gonna be there for three weeks or something and i'm back back to the states so ah cool cool and then eventually to medellin huh Yes, that's the plan. But uh, I think I need to be back in the States again for another conference uh, September, end of September. Yeah. And I I was thinking, well, you know, like I do want to kind of be at uh, DCBKK. Yeah. Uh, so the kind of the plan was just to, to go to the September uh, conference. I think it was the 22nd. Go, yeah. go home again. You see my dog for a bit and then... Uh, and then uh, September's the month for October, right? <laughs> uh huh. Yeah. So yeah, then just go uh, the direction of Bangkok again. I like how you go home to see your dog, but not your parents. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, it's implied. <laughs> She's the main reason. Like uh, I spend some time with my parents as well, obviously. <laughs> um, well, that'll give you the summer in Medellin, unless you go to Buenos Aires. Yeah, yeah, kind of, exactly. Where yeah. are you at at the moment? I'm in Rio, but tomorrow I leave for Ireland. Ireland? Oh, yeah, you were going there with your dad, right? Yeah, we're going to trace our cool, routes. Man. And um, two weeks in Ireland, then down back down to Barcelona, and Marcelli's going to meet me in Barcelona. Nice. Yeah. How long are you going to stay in Barcelona for? Uh, till end of August, early September, and then... Uh, depending on, I think I'm going to go to Lisbon because there's going to be a DCX and DNX conference there. Mm-hmm. And then um, Marcelli may come to Lisbon with me or go to, uh, uh, may have to come back to Rio. And then we'll figure out, we don't know really what's, where I'm going to go after that or where we're going to meet after that. I may come back to Rio for a bit before we head to Asia. Oh, you are also planning to go to DCBKK again? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And um, I'm going to just do this Chiang Mai event this year and nothing else Um, because it's the most profitable and least expensive. So Mm -hmm. I want to get I want to get a huge, you know, like my goal, a big goal is like to get 100 people to come and to get really solid, super solid advisors and, um, you know, just have it be a major event and so everybody that's <clears throat> we've got one two three three four volunteers already and um everybody that's coming has to be at six figures in their business and i think i'll start doing facebook ads um you know hire somebody out to do facebook ads and continue to do that and then promote through the uh, podcast and i'm going to do another hundred um, podcast of seven figure earners starting okay, cool. late, late May. Yeah. 
And um, so that's my plan. Cool, man. Yeah. Sounds good. Are you going to do the same uh, house, uh, the same location, or are you pl- like because you're going to get a little bit more high level people? Anyway, you're shooting for that, and you're going to change locations up a little bit. We're going to do the same, but I'm booking as many rooms as I can in in Building Three, the one we stayed in, and um, in as few as possible in Building One and Building Two. Makes sense. Yeah. Well, I hope you hit that goal, man. Hundred is a lot of people, though. <laughs> I know, I know, but I have six months to work at it, and I'm True. working at it hard. And this podcast thing has just really opened a lot of doors. Oh, and, but I bet it is. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I, it's just amazing who I get on the line. Sometimes I'm just like, and really, like, um, I think it about ask telling them that um, bringing anybody on the podcast that has to share their numbers. And because there's a lot of people that have just really been open to sharing their numbers and they really like to be open about sharing their numbers. Mm-hmm. And, and I don't know many podcasts that have all their guests that come on that uh, are really that transparent. And um, I think that's incredibly valuable when you're listening to some, yeah, for sure. somebody, you know. So a nice, nice, unique selling point as well. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we got the, like, we had, oh, I sent you the link for the Snowboard Addicts. And um, I was talking to that guy, and he's um, he was telling me about his business. And then after we hung up, we just had got in a good chat back and forth. And he's like, oh, by the way, do you know how much a company earns? And I was like, no. You know, I didn't ask, and I didn't care to ask. I was like, oh, that's nice. And he just kind of gave me the, the details, but... So that's yeah, interesting. Cool. It's kind of similar what we did last year with, uh, with uh, KV Social as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I think that's that's... You know, there's there's a lack of that in podcasts, so I think I'm going to do that. And, uh, when are you doing the rebrand, man? Um, so what I think I'm going to do is like next month, I'll I'll change the name of the podcast, and I haven't figured out exactly what. Oh, um, and then after this house, then I'll uh, then I'll uh, change the name of the. I'll just have any every other event under the the similar name of the podcast. So okay, cool. Yeah. So I was thinking about like I've went through dozens of names. I'll send you a list. But I was thinking about like um, um, something like just uh, efi dot org, which would stand for like entrepreneurs, founders, and influencers, or efi insiders, or something like that. Because every other name that I've come across has just either been taken or doesn't really fit it to what I'm looking for. So I don't know. Yeah, you can go with something completely uh, abstract as well, right? So, like, especially, well, this is obviously more, well, I think it's both branding-wise and SEO-wise, but uh, often abstract names, they do better than, like, trying to, uh, f- enforce like a meaning on the on the brand itself. Yeah, yeah. Like in the name. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And I've been talking to a lot of people about branding and kind of their thoughts on it, and um, the people that are really good at it. So, you know, we'll see. Yeah, I would go with something something completely abstract. Yeah. Like I don't know, maybe you can come up with a word. Uh, that really does kind of um, encompass what you want to what you want to like show and then do it in a different language or something like that that would kind of help as well i've thought about that with like tribe like e-tribo or something like that um or society or words that kind of represent that but um, yeah yeah exactly yeah but like it, kind of the, what i did with fletcher mobile fletcher is my last name so yeah yeah yeah. Yeah. I don't want I don't like thinking about it too much. <laughs> <laughs> All right. How's uh, Brazil treating you, man? How's Rio? You mm. enjoying it or kind of like eh, time to go here? Yeah, it's been growing on me cuz we have um we had String and Anna that were down here. Do you know them? String? No. No. And uh Clayton Cornell. He was down here for a while, and then I had a friend, an old roommate, come and visit for uh, five days or so. So oh, that's cool. I, yeah, it kind of—it's kind of—I don't know if I've just kind of numbed things out, where 
it's I'm enjoying it more or um, it's just kind of growing on me a bit because I had some some other friends down here. Mm-hmm. But um, then I've been doing jujitsu regularly, so that's that's helped too. Nice. Uh, yeah. So I and um, so that's good. Yeah, I like it. Uh, good, I good wouldn't I wouldn't pick it for long term definitely, but it's <laughs> been it's been fun. Good yeah. man. Have you done any traveling around there? Um, just to Marcelli's uh, hometown. Like we went to her brother's wedding last weekend, and then oh, cool. How was that? A Brazilian wedding? It was almost like an Italian wedding because her family's um, Italian on three sides, and okay. and so um, it was. Uh, there was a, I mean, it was like any other wedding, really, um, with a bit of, with a, a tad bit of Brazilian flair and quite a bit of Italian flair. <laughs> cool, huh? So, but it was a lot of fun. And then um, Marcelli has some friends that have like a, a mountain retreat place that we've been up there three or four times. Um, it's been fun. Sounds cute. Sounds yeah. cute. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, shall we do some podcasting? Sure, man. Fire away. We're at number 100, man. Yeah, I'm so honored, man. Number yeah. 100. That's pretty cool. <laughs> it's been a hustle, dude. <laughs> oh, I believe you. Yeah, man. You need to pee or anything before we get started? No, I already did that. <laughs> Way <laughs> need, ahead of you. You need a beer or anything? <laughs> oh, that would be nice, actually. Yeah. <laughs> what time is it there? It's 6.15. 